And I think it's odd that so many good parts of homeschooling have actually been like twisted to be seen as aberrant and abnormal and even detrimental to a child. And so I just want to reinstill everyone with some confidence and some encouragement today and make sure that you know what you're doing is important, that it matters, and gosh darn it, you're good at it. Welcome to the Simple is the New Smart podcast. I'm Zara Fagan, PhD, author of Minimalist Homeschooling and the creator of the Simple is the New Smart membership. And this is the place where we talk about how less really is more and how simple really is the new smart. This is the place for any homeschooler who wants to trade stress, exhaustion, overwhelm, and self-doubt for peace, clarity, confidence, and a sense of true abundance. It turns out that transforming our mindset really can transform our homeschools and our lives. We'll talk tips and strategies, stories and perspective, and interview people who have lessons to teach us. And I am just so happy that you're here. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to the Simple is the New Smart podcast. I am Zara Fagan, and today we're going to talk about homeschooling confidently and the big sort of switch in the mentality and perspective that can help us homeschool confidently. So let's go ahead and get started. So the premise of this podcast is that I was in a group discussion of parents last weekend, and the conversation was all about kids and our education. And I believe that I was the only homeschooling parent in the room of probably about 50 parents. And they were talking about all of the things that their children get from school and specifically the non-academic things that help their children that they get from school. So you can imagine that I didn't have much to contribute to the conversation, but it really got me thinking and realizing just how different the perspective is between sending your kids to a traditional school setting, whether that's a private school or a public school, they're very similar, versus homeschooling, and that the mindset and the mentality is so, so different. And just stick with me because this is going to lead into how we homeschool confidently, right? It's going to lead into why I believe in you as a homeschool parent. It's going to lead into how we gain more confidence as homeschooling parents. And it's going to also be a discussion of why homeschooling feels uncertain for us and how we unpack that so that we really can believe in ourselves and continue to homeschool confidently. So as I was listening, I realized that the perspective is very different, not just about academics. So first of all, the approach even to academics is very different. And I'm not sure, I really don't think that I realized the extent of the homeschooling sort of lifestyle and mentality when I first chose to homeschool. When I first chose to homeschool, I'm a product of the public schools, guys. And I thought, sure, I can teach that stuff at home, right? I can do those things. I can do the workbooks. I can read the books, right? And I can teach those things. I'm capable of teaching those things. I didn't think much beyond the academics, but even the academics are so different when you're homeschooling, right? When you're homeschooling, there's a huge focus on our pace. We can go at the child's pace and there's also a focus on passions. And finally, there's a focus on mastery and or exposure, Right. So I'm, I'm not going to really delve into these. I have another podcast that's all about in search of a rigorous education and why homeschooling is a rigorous academic choice. So I'm not going to go into that here. But suffice to say that homeschooling 
begins with the academics. And even there, it begins to differ drastically. And I think that we can gain a lot of confidence from this difference, that we're moving at our child's pace, that we're following passions, that we're focusing, and we're ensuring either that they're mastering what they need to master or that they are exposed to what they need to be exposed to, and that we get to differentiate between those two objectives. We get to say, that's something that they really would benefit from mastering, And that's something that they would benefit from being exposed to. And we don't get that sort of flexibility or adaptability in the public school. Everything is measured on the same sort of number scale, right? It's A, B, C, D, or F. And it's not whether or not you've been exposed to something. And sometimes it's not even whether you've mastered something. It's whether it's good enough before it's time to move on. And that goes back to pace also, right? There's this idea that, We work on something in a school system until it's time to move on. We're limited by the time, not by the mastery, not by the exposure, not by the passion, not by the child's pace. And so just academics alone, we are already diving into a completely different beast when we're homeschooling. And so while a lot of us who are homeschooling now grew up in a traditional school setting, that's unnerving because we still want to focus on moving at a certain pace and doing things within a finite amount of time and checking the list. And contrary to that sort of stress that we have usually just in the beginning when we're homeschooling, I think we outgrow that pretty quickly once we realize that our children thrive when we go at their own pace. But then we also look at socialization differently, right? So we don't throw our kids into random socialization with a whole bunch of peers and expect them to just figure it out and to not screw up. Our socialization tends to be a lot more intentional. It tends to be healthy, adult-guided socialization. And then the amount of adult guidance lessens as they get older. But when they're younger, when they're preschool, when they're kindergarten, when they're young, a lot of times the parents are there and they're guiding the children about healthy and proper social interactions, as opposed to preschool and kindergarten settings where 20 or 30 kids are thrown in together and they've got to try to figure it out. And an adult gets involved only when it hits crisis levels, right? And sometimes not even then. Sometimes kids take their hurt and their crises home with them because it went unnoticed. And so socialization absolutely happens in both scenarios. It's just how is it happening? And is it the best model for socialization, right? And then you go into focus, right? I already touched on this. There's a focus on grades and getting through the certain checklist versus in homeschooling, there's a more of a focus on the knowledge and the wisdom and the practical functionality of the things that they're learning. Can they discuss it? Can they use it? Can, does it really make sense to them? As opposed to, can they pass a quiz on it? Can they memorize it for the test? Does it make sense to them? And finally, you know, in homeschooling, we get to focus on character a lot. And in school, character is sort of relegated to, are you disrupting class? Are you creating problems among your peers? And that's really the extent of the character development on a very practical level. Now, I know that there are a lot of lesson plans about being a good friend, and and they are introducing a lot of books under the auspices of teaching character in children and those sorts of things, uh, children being tolerant and accepting and, and things like that. I don't want to completely bash public schools and say that they are totally missing the mark. That's not my goal here. My goal here is to say that homeschooling at its very foundation is fundamentally different. It is not school at home. 
as far as you just open the books and you get the work done. It is so much more than that. And it's complex and it's complicated. And so unfortunately, most of us have grown up in a system that grades with A, B, C, D, or F, and that is not complicated, and that is not complex, and that does not adjust for the nuances of complicated and complex situations like homeschooling. And so as we're looking at ourselves, we feel like subconsciously, what would my letter grade be? And we get really uncertain and ungrounded because it's not that cut and dry. And so this launches into why homeschooling, I believe, feels so uncertain. It's because the rules have changed. We now have to play by a different set of rules. So many of us grew up in an atmosphere where, number one, it was important to perfect and polish whatever we were going to do. Before you turned in an assignment, before you made a presentation, it was expected to be sort of edited and polished and perfected as good as it could possibly be before you put it in front of someone for their judgment, for their grade. And while we're homeschooling, as homeschooling teachers, we struggle with that because we're experimenting. There is no perfecting and polishing these lesson plans that we're giving our children. We're trying to adapt to them and individualize them and go at their own pace and incorporate their own interests and teach in a way that resonates most with them. We know that our children have different learning styles, and so there is less of a perfected and polished lesson plan and much more of an experimental lesson plan. It's a lot more of working alongside of our children and figuring out what works. And the unfortunate thing is that when the first option doesn't work as well as we would have liked and we tweak and we move on to another approach or we add something to it, the unfortunate thing is that we see that first try as a failure and we get frustrated with ourselves that now we're trying something different or we're having to rework it or go back to the drawing board for our children to truly get it, to truly be immersed in the subject or to own it. And instead of seeing that as a huge accomplishment for us and for our children, that we have that luxury to go back and to perfect it over time, to try something out and then to perfect it alongside them once we see what works, this is actually a success. This is a homeschool success. This is what makes homeschooling so valuable because they don't have the luxury of doing that in the school system. And so I would love for more homeschoolers to see this experimental approach as their success, as them being an amazing teacher, as opposed to feeling like a failure because they have to keep reworking things. So reworking things in homeschooling is not failing. That's succeeding. That's being the best homeschool teacher you could possibly be. So every time the first thing doesn't work as well as you'd like it to, and you move on to something new or you try something new, I would love for homeschoolers to not be discouraged by that, but to actually be encouraged that this is what it's all about. And that's very different from presenting something that is polished, from having that perfectionist mentality of, okay, now it is done, it is complete, it is the best I can do, and so now I will present it. And I think that's why a lot of homeschooling moms spend so much time researching what they're going to do and planning out these elaborate lesson plans that are gorgeous and beautiful and ambitious because they have this idea that before they present it, they want it to be perfect and polished. And homeschooling changes that rule. Homeschooling says to experiment alongside your child, to figure out what works, to to go in search of that aha moment together 
is the ideal because you can present a perfectly polished, wow, this is getting, this is a lot of alliteration, but stick with me. You can, (laughs) you can present a perfectly polished lesson plan and your children will look at you with a blank stare. I've been there. And then you're super frustrated because you spent all of this time or they're totally uninterested and unmotivated to do this elaborate thing that you came up with. And you realize that the thing may not be actually that valuable if you could just teach it another way. The important thing here is them learning it, not how elaborate the way in which they learn it is, not in how perfectly polished your lesson plan was. We just need to get the job done. And that takes a lot of experimentation. So number two, we are used to having our performance judged. We are used to getting external approval. We are used to someone saying, you've done a good job or you need improvement. And now that we are the homeschool teacher and we're wondering if we are teaching correctly or we're doing it right or we're doing enough, that source of external approval is hard to come by right? Hopefully we have the support of some homeschooling friends and hopefully we have some support from our spouses. Hopefully we have a support system, but there's nobody watching everything that we do and saying, yes, that's a good lesson plan. Yes, you got that right. Yes, you got through to your children well. We have to be our own source of approval. And we're usually really hard on ourselves when we're asked to review ourselves and rate ourselves. And this is a result of growing up in a system where we always got that grade. We always had someone telling us that we did or did not get it, quote unquote, right. And so many of us are still in search of that affirmation that we did it right. And I see it in my children now. I have middle schoolers now and they're in situations where now sometimes they're getting graded on quizzes and there's so much anxiety and they don't trust themselves anymore. As soon as there's someone else that they have to depend on to say, yes, you got it right, or no, you didn't get it right. Suddenly they're losing trust in themselves that they know the information. And I'm trying to pull it back with them and say, well, do you feel like you knew the information? Do you feel like you knew the answers on the test? And they'll say yes. And it's hard when you were waiting on that external approval to trust ourselves. And so we have to shift as homeschoolers into these autonomous individuals who trust in ourselves, we cannot depend on that external affirmation when we're homeschooling. We are now the authority on whether we're homeschooling well. So now we have to assume that role of we get to decide if we're doing a good enough job. Number three, when we are in a job or we are in a school system, our society is set up that there is a value in competing with others. There is a value in standing out. There is a value in being better than our peers. When you give a presentation, you want to give the best presentation. A lot of classes are graded on a curve. You just have to do better than the majority of your peers. And now in homeschooling, that value is lost because like I said, you can do this elaborate thing where you recreate the real and you really stand out as this phenomenal homeschool teacher and it doesn't resonate with your children right? And you can do all the things and try to be all the things. And at the end of the day, maybe your child learns just as much as a woman next door who used the simplest possible curriculum, right? Because the goal here is learning. The goal here is not standing out. The goal here is not making it elaborate. The goal here is not being better than all the other homeschool moms. And so that rule has changed. And a lot of times we still feel that pressure to be outstanding, to be above and beyond, right? That simple isn't enough. 
And we lose sight of the actual goal, which is making sure that our children grow up to reach their potential. And we replace it with this abstract goal that we grew up with of we as the homeschool teacher have to be the best. And it doesn't serve us well to think that way. And then the fourth rule that has changed is that we simply don't have the boxes to check. The expectations aren't there. A lot of countries, a lot of states, they have guidelines and expectations for your homeschool, but usually it falls along the lines of which subjects to teach and maybe how much time to spend teaching those. Beyond that, the expectations are very fluid. And so again, when the expectations aren't known, a lot of us feel ungrounded. We feel less confident. And I would say to you that you are now the authority. You are now making your own checklist. And so do it. Make yourself a checklist. Think about what your job description is as a teacher. Think about your definition of success as a teacher and then make your own checklist. Because if you're waiting for this sense that you feel like enough, that's a moving target. And there will always be more that we could do, can do, would do, should do. We have to decide ourselves what is plenty, what is good, what is success? Because chasing this idea of enough, first of all, nobody else is going to come along and give you a checklist. And it gets even harder as they get older. Those eighth grade, 10th grade, 12th grade, what is enough? And so you decide what success is. You decide what those benchmarks are. And you decide what you will be happy if you complete. I will feel like this is a valuable homeschool if. Okay, so the rules have changed. So once we embrace that and we realize that these rules have changed, the value no longer lies in standing out. The value now lies in my child reaching their potential. So I don't have to stand out. I don't have to be extravagant. I don't have to be elaborate. I can just get the job done and I have my checklist and I am the authority to know what it means to do a successful job. So once we can do that, once we can really embrace that, we can feel confident in our homeschooling. Not every day but many more days feel confident with that sort of mentality. And it's so different from the public school environment that we grew up in. And I think that is why so many homeschoolers struggle, especially in their early years. You know, I had one friend who I really, really admire. And when I started homeschooling, she hosted a prayer group. And I think her oldest child at the time was about 12. So she had been doing it much longer. I was starting with a child in kindergarten. And she said to me that it took her seven full years of homeschooling, that this was the first year when her child was in seventh grade that she finally felt confident doing it. And this was someone who, by all means, appeared perfectly well put together and seemed like she knew what she was doing and everybody was coming to her for advice. And she said, it took me seven years to really feel like what I was doing was right. And I think that a lot of that comes from this pushback of what we have experienced in a normal school environment. And there are a lot of books about this. There are, uh, the unschooling community could go on and on and on about how that school system and that traditional school mentality impacts us for the rest of our lives. But for our purposes here today in this podcast, let's just wrap our heads around how different homeschooling is so that we can be confident in it. Because I think that once we accept that homeschooling is very different on every level, in every aspect, and we embrace that, then we can start homeschooling confidently. So here is why then I believe in homeschooling parents. I know there are some bad apples out there, and I know that the media loves to hold them up as the example of homeschoolers. But at the end of the day, the majority of homeschoolers are really great at what they do. They take the responsibility so seriously. It's such a big responsibility. I mean, honestly, who would take on this responsibility of educating their children 
having their children home with them all day long, putting in the work to develop lesson plans, to, to decide on what they're going to do every day, even if you don't develop lesson plans, even if you don't buy a curriculum, you are still constantly dedicated to this idea of child rearing on every, on every level, their academic, their character, their socialization, all of it all of those intangible things in addition to academics. You are in. You're all in. You're 100% devoted. And most parents won't take on that responsibility unless they feel the weight of it, unless they have decided it is so important. That is why they are willing to dedicate their time, their energy, their tears, their sweat, their blood to this endeavor because they've, they've accepted that it's important. And they've committed to it. So number one, I believe in homeschooling parents because they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't already see the value in it, if they didn't already believe that it matters. I believe in how well you know your child. I believe that homeschooling parents know their children better than a teacher who has them for one year maybe two, depending on how the school is set up. You have watched your children grow through every single stage. You know their quirks. You know their preferences. You know what they struggle with. You know their triggers. And school teachers do get to know their new students each year, but you skip right over that learning curve every year and you pick up right where you left off. You instinctively are more likely to give your child what they need when they need it and what they love when they need it than any teacher. So right off the bat, I think the parents can homeschool confidently because they know their children so well and because your children know you so well. The uncertainties that come with not knowing what a teacher will expect has been removed because your children know how you operate as a parent. They know what your triggers are. They know what your expectations are. And so there's a lot more symbiosis over the years between the homeschool parent and the homeschool student because they both know each other so well. And that is a fact regardless of which homeschooling parent we're talking about. At the end of the day, they know their kids well and their children know them well. So I also believe in homeschooling parents because I believe in their ability to do research. And I think that you can homeschool confidently, trusting that you know how to do the research. You can find out what you want to teach and how you want to teach it. And you can find out why you are teaching something. And I believe that homeschooling parents can problem solve and that if you are doing any of the above, that you can homeschool confidently. If you are problem solving, if you are figuring out why, what, and how to teach things, there is no reason for you to not have confidence in what you're doing. If you've done the research, if you've thought about it, if you are being intentional about what you're putting in front of your children each and every day, then you can have confidence in what you're doing. Because I guarantee you are putting more thought into them as people than any teacher would. Because, and this goes into my third reason that I really believe in homeschooling parents and I believe that they deserve to homeschool confidently is because I believe in how much parents love their children. I believe in the intentions that parents have for their children and their incentive, right? Parents are investing all this time into children and it's not so that they can keep their job. It's not so that they can meet some metric to get a promotion. It's not so that the school can get a certain number of stars. Parents are incentivized purely because of their best interests in their children. And so I believe to my core that homeschooling parents can homeschool with confidence because they are motivated by the best interests of their children. I believe that you're not doing it so that you can win some teacher of the year award or some sort of accolade as nice as it would be to get some recognition. That's not the goal. That's not the motivation. It's not to be promoted. It's not to be able to get a better job at a better school. 
our incentives are very pure. And I think for that reason, homeschool parents can homeschool confidently. And I also believe that homeschool parents, if we're getting to a logistical perspective, I do believe that homeschool parents can assess their children. I do believe that homeschool parents can look at their child. They can assess where their child was, where they are, where they need to go. I think that they can ask others to assess their child. I know that there are tests available for them to assess their child. I do believe that parents can be pretty objective about what their children need and where they are. And I think that you can correct course if need be. I think that you can remediate problems. (laughs) This goes back to the problem solving. I believe in parents' ability to be able to identify where their children are and what they need. Or what they're, what they're excelling at and even give them more of that so that they can really reach their potential. But I also believe that they can assess weaknesses and they can address them. And I think that's fundamental to parenting. And I think we instinctively do that from the time our babies are born and they're crying and we're trying to figure out what the problem is, right? I think that we are incredibly in tuned to what they need. And we're relatively objective about it at the end of the day. As biased as we are about how wonderful our kids are, we still see where they need help. We are not blind to where our children need help and we are able to assess. And so I think that we can really homeschool confidently because we can trust that we will see when our children need something. We will see it and the chances are we will see that need before a teacher who is trying to focus on 20 to 30 children. A lot of times you hear about learning disabilities going unnoticed in the schools. And I hear a lot of homeschool moms who are concerned that what if I don't realize they're falling behind? What if I don't realize that they're not getting what they need? And number one, I would say that happens to every child in every situation. Sending them to school does not guarantee that their needs will always be identified and met. Similarly, in a homeschool, there will always be a risk that their needs won't be identified or met. However, I do believe that that risk is much, much lower in a homeschool setting, that a need won't be identified and met. I think if anything, homeschool parents are fretting constantly about whether they're missing something. And so the likelihood that a need is going to go unmet is very, very slim for homeschool parents. And I think we can feel very confident about our abilities to assess and to adjust. And I think that this is something, again, that actually makes homeschooling unique and superior and should give us more confidence, not less. And I think it's odd that so many good parts of homeschooling have actually been like twisted to be seen as aberrant and abnormal and even detrimental to a child. So for example, socialization. Yes, socializing as a homeschool child is very different than socializing as a public school child. And there's a great book called Hold On to Your Kids, Why Parents Need to Matter More Than Peers that goes into this a great deal. But the idea is that in the past, socialization came in the form of family friends. You hung out with entire families and the kids became friends because the parents were friends, whether it was in a church setting, at church picnics, neighbors friends from the community, a lot of times they were family friends. And when you got married, you invited your parents' friends because you grew up with them and the parents had watched you grow up. And so there was a lot of parent-directed interactions with peers where the parents were essentially choosing families who had similar value systems and you were thereby, by default, being raised with children who also had similar value systems. And so I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here, but I just want to point out that socialization is one of those examples where homeschool kids do socialize. And the argument could be that they socialize in a healthier and more productive way that is more well-guided, as opposed to a public school system where it's not adult-guided, and instead it is a free-for-all, and it's much more like Lord of the Flies. And we all know how that book turned out, right? So 
this idea that we would feel insecure as homeschoolers because we might not meet a need, we may not even notice that they have a need, and therefore we may not meet that need, is actually very twisted. The reality is in homeschooling, we are much more likely to identify a need. And we are much more likely to be proactive about that need and to give it more attention than would be afforded in a school system. And so I I just want to point that out, that we can homeschool confidently in spite of this myth that we won't notice if our kids are falling behind in something. I really do think that's a huge myth. We will notice. (laughs) We will notice. In fact, we will fret about it most of the days of our homeschooling career, right? I also believe in the time that we have to devote to our children. I think that every child thrives when they get more attention, especially in the younger years. And so I believe that homeschoolers can homeschool confidently, purely, if nothing else, based on the concentrated number of minutes that their children get one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-three, one-on-four attention, because that ratio and that allotment of time that they are getting far exceeds the allotment of time that they would get from a teacher in a traditional setting. And so right there, we're winning and we can be confident even when we feel like the toddler distracts us too much, even when we feel like the new puppy is ruining our homeschool routine, even when we feel like one kid is just demanding so much of our attention and that the other kids aren't getting what they quote unquote need. We can still, even with all of those insecurities, Remain confident that the amount of time and attention our children are getting, even when we're not sitting next to them, just the intentionality that we've put into choosing what they will do each day far exceeds the amount of time that would be put into them individually as individual students in thinking about what they need, what they can do, what they love, all of that time and intentionality that we as homeschooling parents can put into our children and do put into our children allows us to homeschool really confidently, even on the days when it feels like it's falling apart because we know we've put in the time and we know that we've put in the time in a very intentional way for each of our children to do what is best for them. I really feel like we deserve to be confident in what we do. And I am creating this podcast in February on purpose because I know these are the months when homeschoolers start to wane. They they start to feel like it's been a really, really long year. Some kids start digging their heels in. The weather is not so nice up in the northern states, right? And we're all a little stir crazy. We've been at it for a while if we follow a traditional school year in the United States. And it's starts to feel like we're getting a little burnt out. And so I just want to reinstill everyone with some confidence and some encouragement today and make sure that you know what you're doing is important, that it matters, and gosh darn it, you're good at it. So moving on, the last thing I want to bring up is I want to bring up how we can be even more confident. And I'm going to breeze through these really quickly because I hope that everything I've said up until now, that you can take a lot of confidence from that. Just the nature of the beast of homeschooling, we should all be really confident in what we're doing. (laughs) We should all be so confident in what we're doing simply because what we're doing is such a better paradigm for our children. And we have the resources and the capabilities that we need to make it a great experience for them. So let's go on to how we can get a little bit more confidence when we feel like we're wavering. This goes into the problem solving a little bit. So for example, I know that when we first started homeschooling, I needed to convince my husband somehow that we were quote unquote on track, that our kids were learning at a level that they needed to be learning at to compare them to what other kids were learning, right? And I am not going to belittle this mindset because it's huge and it's big. And I've met so many homeschoolers who feel this way and it is legitimate. 
It is 100% legitimate. In order to appease my husband, we decided to do a standardized test. You can get a California achievement test online. I think it's like $25 or $30 to have it all graded and everything. And it starts with the end of second grade. So starting at that age, you can do a standardized test and you can see where your child lines up with the sort of national averages. And At first, I was very resistant to that because I don't think, and I'm not going to debate here, the appropriateness, the objectivity, the efficacy, the flaws of standardized testing here. It's an option. It may or may not be a good fit for your family. I have more ideas after this one. But I will say that although I was resistant in the beginning, I ended up breathing a sigh of relief. And it was good to just objectively say they are here. And even if they are below... I definitely have a child who always falls below grade level for spelling, for example. But quite honestly, I know that about him. So it's reassuring to be like, yep, well, I kind of assumed that was going to happen, right? And my kids don't mind taking the standardized test. I definitely preface it with, guys, this is just to make sure that I, as a teacher, am not missing anything. I do not expect you to know anything I have not taught you. I did not get a manual for the test and teach to the test. So if you don't know something or you get something wrong, that helps tell me what to teach you and what to focus on. I don't give them a grade. These online tests, you can even make up a fake name. Nobody sees it. It gets reported to nobody. However, it can be reassuring for homeschool parents who want to check that box and just reassure themselves. So it is definitely an option to boost your confidence that way. And I like to say, like with the standardized test, the way I looked at it is if I was going to freak out about something, like if I was going to start freaking out, then, oh my goodness, they're not on level, then I better at least make sure that I had something legitimate to be freaking out about. Because if you don't even know how they're ranking on grade level, you don't get to freak out about it. So that was my justification was that, wait, I don't get to stress about this because I don't actually know where they fall on grade level. And so we took the standardized test and it has been a, a relief. And it, I think that it is also good practice for a standardized test if you think that your children are on a trajectory where they will need to take standardized tests in the future. I will say as I've homeschooled longer, all it takes now is spending some time with some public school kids in different sports activities. You know, I drive carpools for the sports or we did Cub Scouts for a while or we meet other kids at the playground. And once you spend a little bit of time with other children who are just out in the world, you realize your kids are okay and probably that they're thriving. And if you don't, then we go back to that part where I believe in your ability to assess and help them out with whatever they need. But for the most part, once you start spending some time with kids from all different backgrounds, you realize your kids are just fine. So there's that. There's spend some time out in the world. Don't get so caught up with your kids, but have some conversations with some other kids. Ask them what their favorite books are. Ask them if they've read anything interesting lately. Have a conversation with them. And I want to say that you can also spend some time with other homeschoolers. So spend some time with other homeschoolers. Get that reassurance and that support that you need. Your favorite mom friends will talk to you about your expectations and their expectations for their kids, their struggles, your struggles, everyone's fears, the temptations that you have, all of those things. And it can be really good just to air it out with some homeschooling mom friends. And a good friend will always give you honest answers and they'll be real with you. I try really hard to be transparent on this podcast and let you know that it's not all sunshine and rainbows. So the reason I'm giving this podcast, presenting this this episode is because I have struggled so much with self-doubt and a lack of confidence. And this is what I have learned, right? So I'm on my ninth year of homeschooling and this is where I'm at. And this is why 
I seem confident now is because of what I am telling you. Not because I had all these tricks from day one. Not because I had this mentality or this perspective from day one. I did not. And it is still growing, quite honestly. So the other thing is, is go ahead and ask for that feedback from others who you respect and who respect you. So if your mother-in-law is not encouraging of homeschooling, then don't ask her for her feedback about how well your kids are doing. But ask your spouse, because a lot of times too, we are too close to it and our children are so gradually improving that we don't see the improvement as big even though it is adding up to something big. And so if you ask for the feedback from those who don't see your children every day, who don't see all the struggles, who just get to see the end product, and you ask for their feedback or their impressions from someone who's supportive and honest, then you're much more likely to get an objective perspective, usually about how well you're doing. And then finally, I'll go back to, guys, just define your version of success. And success according to minimalist homeschooling, because that's why we're all here, right? We want to do less and gain more. The idea of success here, guys, is not doing all the things. So when you are making your list for success, you cannot have all the boxes to check. I want to do all the things. I want to do all the subjects. I want to do all the elaborate projects and all the cool field trips and all the things. That is not a useful definition of success, but rather success is doing the most important things really well. That's when we're going to feel satisfied because if we do a surface exploration of all the things, if we are exhausted, but we're going on all the field trips and the kids are over it and they're sick of it, the impact that that surface or that overwhelm or that overstimulation has on our children is going to be much less than the impact of doing important things really well and giving them the space and the time and the room to absorb it and to process it and to own it. When you're coming up with your list of success so that you can feel more confident homeschooling, I really want to encourage you that less really is more and think about what your most important things are. Your most important things. When you lay your head down at night, you probably will not regret half the things on your could do, should do list. But there are certain things on your list where you will regret not having done them. And so your list of success needs to include those must do's. Not all the could-dos, right? The must-dos, the most important things. And then you make sure that you're doing them well. That's when we feel satisfied and that's when we feel like there's real value and meaning in what we're doing. Because if we just run ourselves ragged trying to do all the things, we feel very busy and yet dissatisfied. And so go ahead and make your list, your own checklist. But I would ask you to be really intentional about that and make sure that there is value and meaning in what you are choosing for your checklist. And of course, there's more about all of that in the minimalist mindset in the book, Minimalist Homeschooling, which is how I got started, even talking about all of this homeschooling stuff to the public. And with that, I am wishing you all the simple things and I will talk to you soon. Bye now. Did you know that you can get exclusive bonus episodes of the Simple as a New Smart podcast, your specific questions answered, a vault of tutorials on minimalist homeschooling, and more? That's right. Regardless of where you are in your homeschool journey or what level of support you're looking for, there's something for everyone in the Simple is the New Smart monthly membership. Check it out at resources.zaraphd.com forward slash simple dash is dash the dash new dash smart. And I'll see you there. Bye-bye.